SAFM Sports Wrap. Hello and welcome to another edition of SFM Sports. I'm delighted to be with you as uh, we bring you sport at the top of the hour. We're going to be talking about all sorts today. It's been a rather exciting uh, midweek set of action uh, from uh, from all sorts of sporting perspectives, including, of course, cricket and uh, soccer. We are going to be talking both of those tonight on the uh, show. We're going to be talking about one of the uh, one of the uh, one of the bigger wins of the year so far for any football club. Uh, well, I shouldn't say of the year, I should say of the season. <laughs> How many days into the year? Thank you, Phineas. We're 11 days into the year. There we go. <laughs> of the season. The season, of course. The season runs from uh, August <laughs> until May. So, uh, yeah, Bongani Kumala is going to be on the show tonight. We're going to be chatting to the Bidvistwitz player who uh, helped his club, Gavin Hunside, get off the bottom of the Epsa Premiership standings last night. We're also going to be talking about cricket. Now, I- I've seen... Owen Morgan do it. I've seen uh, Mahendra Singh Dhoni's done it on numerous occasions. I've seen uh, Ryan Harris has done it before. I remember Lance Klusner doing it uh, for South Africa against Dion Nash back in 1999 to help South Africa win against New Zealand. Uh, uh, Ryan McLaren actually did it a couple of years ago. I can't remember who was bowling. Uh, it might have been Franklin. It wasn't Trent Bolt, certainly, but against New Zealand as well. It was in Potch of Struam a couple of years ago. Um, and I think... Uh, was it was it off the last ball? I'm I'm not sure. But Carlos Brethwaite, I know, smashed uh, uh, Ben Stokes for a, uh, I think it was four consecutive sixes to help West Indies win the uh, World T20 title. But when it comes to hitting sixes off the final ball of the over, it's something that happens a lot. But to do it more than one delivery is is always significant. And uh, Robbie Freilink last night managed to get that right for the Dolphins as they beat the the, the Cape Cobras in splendid fashion. I think many people though talk about the Jonty Rhodes-Richard Snell incident that goes back uh, some ways. It was when um, Natal, as it was then, needed seven off the last ball to win. Richard Snell bowled the delivery. It turned out to be a no ball Jonty Rhodes hit it for six in the next ball when they needed one to, to win the match otherwise it would have been a tie uh, he ended up pushing it through the uh, covers I think it went for four ultimately but so much has happened uh, in terms of last ball action and Robbie Freiland got it right last night for the Dolphins we're going to be catching up with him on the show tonight we're also going to be talking golf with Michael Flismus in just a short while but a couple of uh, brief stories uh, for you before we before we do anything else uh, just to tell you that um, the live cricket that's un- underway at the moment 12.1 overs are down the Lions are uh, up against uh, well they're chasing a a, a decent total, it must be mentioned. Uh, Warriors 306 for six in the momentum one-day cup match at Buffalo Park in East London. The Lions are currently 45 for one after their um, 12.1. I'm just trying to see. It looks like it's just been smashed to the boundary. Make that 49 for one after 12.2. Uh, golf news. I can tell you that Brandon Grace and uh, America Ch- Chase Kepka on seven under par after the opening round of the BMW SA Open at Glendower Golf Club. We'll cross over to Glendower in just a moment. Chat to Michael Flismas. Uh, tennis news. South Africa's Kevin Anderson facing Carl Edmund in the first round of the 2018 Australian Open. Anderson is the 11th seed. He met Edmund in the third round of last year's French Open but needed five sets to beat the promising Brit. In uh, today's draw, 36-year-old Roger Federer bidding for a record 20th Grand Slam title. He's going to open his title defence against Slovenia's Alias Baden. He's a potential quarter-final with Davo Goffin. The uh, Swiss tennis player chasing his sixth Australian Open crown should uh, could also face big-serving Canadian Milos Raonic in the fourth round in the bottom half of the men's draw, while world number one and top seed Rafael Nadal starts his Australian campaign against 83rd-ranked Victor Estrella of Dominican Republic in the top 
quarter of the draw. A potential quarter-final clash there with world number six, Marin Cilic of Croatia. And just finally for you, some football news. Uh, Confederation of African Football have confirmed that the African Champions League and the Confederation Cup will follow the European calendar next year, which is the same one used by South Africa. CAF President Ahmed Ahmed making a, uh, some key decisions with respect to international officiating as well as uh, continental club competitions during an executive committee meeting held in Casablanca, Morocco. This year's continental club competitions will be the last to run from February through to November with the Champions League final set to take place in November, CAF Confederation Cup final set for November and December. To accommodate the transition to beginning in September and ending in May the following year, the next campaign will run from December 2018 until May 2019 before the final change sees the competitions beginning in September 2019. That's your sports news. SAFM Sports Wrap. and information leader, let's talk football now because Budweiswitz lifted themselves off the bottom of the Amsterdam Premiership standings by claiming a 2-0 win over Supersport United last night. And uh, on the line to talk about the result and uh, the joy it no doubt brought uh, was the man that scored the opener at the Budweiswitz Stadium last night, Bongani Kumalo. Uh, Bongani, thanks for joining us. Good evening and uh, I suppose congratulations on a, a particularly important win. Yeah, hi, Dwayne. Hi, Dwayne. Yeah, it was, it, was, it was very important, obviously, for us to, to get some points. Um, you know, it's been a it's been a tough season thus far. So, um, you know, we're very pleased about last night's result. No doubt. Uh, but, I mean, fine goal then from you to open the scoring. And, and, and of course, I think it's the first goal you guys scored at home in six matches. But your celebration, Mungani, I mean, I've seen you score a goal in a World Cup against France. I've seen you win important matches as Bafana Bafana captain. But your celebration last night looked like that goal just took the weight off your shoulders. I mean, what emotions were you experiencing? I think, I think you know, I think anyone would have scored that goal would have, would have, would have had the same celebration. Um, uh, you know, obviously, we've gone through a really, really frustrating period. As you said, you know, we haven't scored in so many games at home, which is very, very unlike us. Um, so you can only imagine the frustration. And so I think, I think, I think that goal more than anything. And if you looked at the performance as well, it was just basically like an outlet of, of, of all the frustration we've had thus far. And, um, you know, it's, 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 uh, it's, it's obviously, you know, you always love scoring goals and helping the team out as best as you can, but they, they mean a lot more when obviously going through a difficult time as well. Yeah, and then a very impressive goal from James Keane as well. I mean, the way he dealt with uh, the enormous Nigerian defender, Gwekwe, just <laughs> shouldered him. <laughs> did, did you give him a little bit of uh, chat after that in the dressing room, how he dealt with him? Yeah, yeah, I did. I was actually, I actually told him, I was like, gee, I didn't realise you were that strong when you <laughs> want to be. I mean, <laughs> I mean, he was talking about about having a turn of pace or whatever, but I was like, nah, nah, you actually look stronger than, than I thought you, you are. But uh, great finish by James and um, but the Nazi credit must go to all the guys, all the players in the field, all the guys in the stand and the bench. You know, it, it is a team effort. We all need everybody. Um, and we just take it one game at a time. Yeah, I mean, you've you got to take it one game at a time, I suppose. But, I mean, certainly it's been an emotional time for all of you. You won the league last season, but you spent the bulk of this title defence at the bottom of the standings. And, and relegation, I suppose, is a fear that's shared by, by, by many teams, many players. But, I mean, even Gavin Hunt, your, your fearless coach who's, who's guided teams to countless uh, titles over, over the years, is, I mean, even he has conceded that it started to get to him. How, how much did that win last night sort of reinstill belief of avoiding relegation? Um, well, you know, obviously, I mean, if you don't get the points you need, you will find yourself in trouble in any league. Um, but again, you know, last night was, was, was a big win for us in that 
I think if you look at the past few games that we've played, you know, we, we have played well, but we haven't really taken our chances. We've been unlucky. Yes, or, that's exactly. You know, things just literally have not gone for us at all. Um, but, you know, we've learned from that. We've learned from that. And, and, and more than anything, I think it's probably brought us closer together. And, um, again, we look forward to the future. And, um, uh, you know, a relegation is, is it's obviously... No one would ever, ever expect that we'd be obviously fighting relegation, but it is what it is, and we've accepted our position, and it's up to us to make sure that we, we change things. Yeah, I suppose if it was going to happen, you'd rather have it happen in a season like this, where the difference between relegation and top eight is, is literally, uh, I mean, it's less than a couple of wins. Yeah, I mean, look, uh, yeah, I, I guess that, that is the one positive, the fact that, you know, it's still very tight, but, but again, that just makes things a lot more difficult, doesn't it? So... Um, I would imagine for the neutral fan out there, football fan out there, I mean, it obviously yes. um, creates an incredible uh, brand of entertainment, um, which I'm sure the PSL must be very happy about. Uh, for us, uh, as United, as, 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 as honest as it may seem, you know, we need to be, we need to right, be, be right up there and obviously um, getting as many points as we can. Uh, I'm pretty sure there are a few of you that would uh, perfectly be happy to to not have to deal with all this drama, though, <laughs> as it uh, as it happens. But I mean, on a personal note, you're saying you're taking it one game at a time. But I mean, uh, last night you picked up a caution, so uh, you've accumulated four yellow cards. You're suspended for the away trip to to Chipper United. But uh, I suppose you touched on the point as well, is that the difference last night was that you just simply hit the target. So your suspension doesn't necessarily disrupt the consistency either, because while the results haven't been good for you as a team, performances haven't been poor at all. I mean, they, they, they've been pretty good. Yeah, they have been. They have been. I think, you know, the guys have put a lot of effort into games. And, you know, last night was just one of those where, you know, we're all just very pleased that it's about time we, we get what, 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 what we deserve, you know, which is obviously points and, and goals for all our efforts. Um, and going forward, whoever plays on Sunday, they'll be up for it. They'll be ready for it. And, and as I said, we're all pulling in the same direction. Each and every player that's part of the squad is, is important to the coach, to the club, and to, to the person next to them. So, you know, with that, you know, we obviously forge ahead and it's not going to get any easier. Um, no doubt, it'll probably get more and more difficult as we go along. But I think I think what we've gone through now in the past has prepared us for whatever there is to come, really. You're always such an insightful young man. I, I, I call you young. I mean, compared to some of the players around you, maybe you're a little bit of a veteran. But, I mean, uh, you, to, yeah. to me, you're a young man, Bongani. So, you're always such an insightful young man. I love talking to you. But I, I, I want to ask you something on a sli- slightly different note. I mean, what advice would you give your younger self? My younger self? Sure. Um, <laughs> that, is, that is a tough one. That is a tough one. You know, I've, honestly, uh, I obviously had massive dreams starting out in this game. And, and obviously, 10 years on, I'm, I'm looking back and I'm thinking, wow, I mean, wow, geez, and you've managed to, to be around some of the best players in the world and been in the World Cup and all sorts and won things in South Africa and had some good experiences in, in obviously well, Greece and England. But um the only only thing I'd say is I don't know, I don't think I'd change anything to be honest, because I think I think from the word go I've always put my heart on the line and, and, and just given it my all and my everything. Um, I've sacrificed a lot obviously for that very reason, so that one day I don't wake up and say, Well, if only I didn't do A, B and C or if only I wouldn't have changed um X, Y, Z. So um, that's always that's always been my way of thinking from day one. So, if I'm honest, I don't think I'll change anything. You know, I'm grateful for the experience because it's obviously shaped me uh, to be the person I am today. So, um, you know, with that, you carry on and, and try and improve. 
Fair enough, fair enough. Now, on a, on a completely separate note, uh, the Confederation of African Football, I believe yesterday, made the uh, decision at uh, one of the executive meetings in Morocco that they are confirming the African Champions League and the Confed Cup are now going to be following the European calendar from, I think it's September 2019. As a South African player, uh, knowing you won't have to be playing through the off-season, I mean, how, how do you feel about this and... and, and, and how do you believe it's going to impact on on performances of South African teams in continental competitions? Sure, uh, it is it is an interesting one. I mean, look, obviously, no South African player wants to be wants to be training during the off season and playing games and traveling um, all over. Um, but but then again, obviously, I'm assuming this will obviously increase the sort of number of games that you play within the season, um, which again will pose a different challenge um, to everyone involved in those competitions. But uh, all in all, I think it's I think it's probably better. It is it is hundred hundred times better to obviously play during the normal season. Well, Bongani, I uh, love chatting to you, and uh, congratulations again last night on what was a, a fantastic not only performance but uh, goal as well. Uh, can't gloss over that, but certainly wish you everything of the best for the uh, remainder of the season. And I hope twenty eighteen as a as a calendar year treats you well as well. Thank you so much. I got lucky. I got some very very good teammates, so it helps. <laughs> SAFM Sports Wrap. 17 minutes to 7 on SFM, South Africa's news and information leader. Things are certainly looking uh, rosy for the uh, the uh, Momentum One Day Cup uh, with the Warriors and the Highfield Lions going uh, underway. It's uh, Risa Hendricks looking very good at the moment. In fact, uh, they find themselves 63 for 1 after uh, 15 overs. They're chasing down th- uh, 306 for 6, but Risa Hendricks going along particularly nicely. But let's talk golf now. There's plenty to talk about because, uh, well, I tell you, Brendan Grace looked uh, really, really good in the opening round of the uh, BMW. SA Open at Glendower Golf Club. He and American Chase Kepka leading on seven under par after the opening round. Delighted to go over to Glendower now. And Michael Flismas uh, standing by. Uh, Michael, thanks for joining us. Good evening. Happy New Year to you. And uh, I suppose let's start with a visitor. The surname tells it all. Younger brother of the current US Open champion, Brooks. Wonderful round for a visitor. Absolutely. Thanks, Dwayne. And uh, a great uh, great opening round, considering he started with a bogey and then made eagle on the second hole and uh, sort of felt that uh, he, he felt that opening bogey could have been a double. And the fact that he only limited to one drop shot the first hole of the day and not a double was uh, was quite a mental shift for him. He, you know, he was saying that uh, you start a tournament with a double bogey, uh, you really feel like you're in a hole right from the <laughs> beginning. But uh, he just, uh, you know, he did really well. He says he felt he made... <laughs> Made, it felt like a birdie the way he made that bogey, he said, and uh, and it was able to keep his head, keep his focus, and then get his round back on track. But yes, uh, Chase Kipka, um, no stranger, as you mentioned, younger brother of uh, the US Open champion, and uh, going the same route as his brother, playing uh, playing around the world, uh, getting experience all over the world and on the European tour, and not just limiting himself to America. Yeah, I think that was critical. It's certainly something that Brooks Kipka has always been uh, proud of, and I think it's uh, the encouragement of the parents as well who've, uh, who've encouraged their kids to, to do that. But uh, let's talk about some of the high-profile South African golfers. Uh, chief among them, of course, is uh, Brandon Grace. Uh, bit of a roller coaster round, though, when I looked at his scorecard because, uh, fantastically, three eagles, but it wasn't all positive stuff. Yes, you know, and I think you can put that down to the fact that he's, he's had seven weeks off. He couldn't get in the, the, the kind of practice. That, the last two days he had a fan court before coming up to Johannesburg. Um, the wind was howling, so he couldn't get the kind of practice that he wanted just to, to, to shake off that last bit of rust uh, from that lengthy off-season break. And, uh, and, and uh, you know, 
got a got a got a bit of a, a few practice rounds up here. Um, didn't get a full program round in because of the weather, but immediately in the program round, you know, he played with Mayer um, Detoy, a good friend of his, PGA professional out at San Lemire, and and Mayer said to me afterwards uh, on the evening of the program, he said uh, Brandon loved the greens immediately. He just said these greens are fantastic here; they're so true, and uh, and he just felt comfortable on them. And I think that's what you saw out there. Three eagles first time he's ever done that in his mm. career and uh, and you know the rest of it yeah three three birdies and then those two bogeys on the front nine michael we know that three eagles uh, is is a decent back nine for you um, but, <laughs> but but uh, but you know we're dealing with mortals here like brandon grace no no that, that's it i mean i mean after, after the year he had last year i mean not only winning the nedbank golf challenge i think his 62 in a major was was for me the greatest achievement we've seen in in, in quite some time so I, i'm really glad that he's he's looking good early on despite as you say, his lack of, of, of real match or real practice leading up to this. But uh, there were many other names that were mentioned leading up to the the, the SA Open as contenders. Ernie Els, though, very respectable, one under today. Uh, Retief Wurst and Charles Swartzel among those with 69s today. But from your perspective, who looked good? Who, who's got themselves into a decent position after the opening round? Well, obviously, Brandon would be would be one that you would immediately look at and say, you know, he's playing with such great form at the moment. You know, the thing about his game is always, you know, uh, his long game is as good, if not one of the best in the world. Um, and that never really fluctuates too much. It's the putting that is always key with him. Um, by his own admission, he's very streaky as a putter. He works really hard to get that kind of consistency he does. When he goes on a putting run like he does, he's, Unbeatable, and he's unstoppable. He had that at the Netbank Golf Challenge. Uh, he seems to still have that that kind of feel here as well. So he's the obvious one. The others that I would be thinking to myself have made a really good start. Eric von Royen in a share of fourth five under. Not a single bogey on his card today. Had a very good job at Open as well. Was right in there challenging all the way. Um, and you know, got his European Tour card the hard way last year on Challenge Tour. Grounded out in, in, in you know all over the challenge to earn that card. His first full season on the European Tour, and he's he's, he's really gotten off to a very good start. Working with Dr. Cheryl Calder, um, you know the eye specialist in terms of you know his putting as well. But but he, he's just had another good start for me in a, in a co-sanctioned event. So I'd be very keen to see what he does the rest of the week. Michael, I know you're a busy man. We need to let you go. But a, a few top names I must ask you about. Uh, took a bit of a beating by the course today. I mean, Trevor Immelman, Dean Burmester, Sean Kelton, uh, Chris Wood, uh, Eduardo mm. Molinari, uh, and I suppose the other one is defending champion Graham Storm. Uh, all significantly over par for the opening round. Yeah, they were. As you said, there were some beatings out there. I think, you know, uh, Immelman was visibly upset with his performance. Um, but, you know, I think he's, he's dividing his time at the moment between a lot of golf commentary he does for Golf Channel uh, in the States and uh, and then trying to play uh, as well. So, uh, you know, you've probably seen a little bit of that. But, um, but yeah, I think, you know, I, I suppose it's like anything. It's the first competitive round of the year after a bit of a break. It's uh, it's how quickly you're able to, to, to push the reset switch and get that focus you know we saw the Charles Schwartzel as well he wasn't looking too great for a while mm. and then suddenly on the back nine I think he had five five birdies in in six holes to start that back nine so uh so I think I think tomorrow you might see a little bit more uh, 
a little bit more focus out there. Fantastic. Well, uh, Michael Flismus, thank you so much for your time. Go and enjoy all the action from Glendower Golf Club. Uh, appreciate your reports and uh, certainly look forward to seeing what Brandon Grace is going to do over the closing three days. Thanks so much, Dwayne. SAFM Sports Wrap. SFM, South Africa's news and information leader and uh, the Lions continuing on their merry way at the moment as uh, they look to chase down the Warriors 306 for 6 in their Momentum One Day Cup. That's uh, being played in East London at the moment. But we're going to be focusing now on uh, a match last night. Wonderful match in Paul, where Robbie Freiling smashed consecutive sixes off the final two balls of the match to give the Hollywood Bets Dolphins a scintillating three-wicket win over the uh, WSB Cape Cobras in their Momentum One Day Cup. They needed 11 runs off the last two balls to win et voila Robbie Freilink smashes them out of the park unbelievable stuff and scintillating indeed delighted to welcome the uh, Dolphins hero on the line now Robbie thanks for joining us good evening and uh, congratulations on the win good evening thanks for having me yeah um, I didn't have to do too much um, <laughs> I only managed to get six balls but um yeah, I think they were important ones to, to get over the line. Yeah, I mean, just to get them over the line, it's hugely significant for the Dolphins at the moment. I mean, look, I, I know this is not entirely new to you because uh, I watched you at uh, Supersport Park. Uh, you, I mean, you made 50-something off, I think it was 20 balls uh, against the Titans. And then a few, yes, yeah. a few years before that, you hit, it was a David Visa, I think you smashed him out of the park when you were still playing yeah. for the Lions. Uh, so yes, so yeah. we know you can do it against the Titans, Robbie, but, uh, <laughs> but seriously, though, I mean, this is this is one of those moments where we know you're a big hitter, uh, yeah. and watching those final two deliveries is exciting enough. But how did you experience, you know, needing eleven runs off, off two balls, knowing effectively you need to hit two sixes? Yeah, well, if I'm honest with you, I was um, when when Calvin Savage got out I was in the last over. I was saying to myself, how have we managed to mess this game up? Yeah, um, because we were we were cruising, um, and I still made a joke to the guys. I said to them. If I have to even open my bag to put my pads on, they're going to be in trouble. <laughs> um, and first, Bob, we managed to find a way to to get me in there. Um, but you know, it's, it's you know we, we we do miss we miss Dane Villas quite a lot, who is um, yeah. who's quite a, a key cog in our in our wheel um, and experience in the middle. So you know, we had we had a few youngsters in the middle order, and it's um, it's quite tough for them. So. You know, it's understandable and, you know, pressure pressure gets to a person. But um, that's what it is. Yeah. I was just fortunate enough to be able to, to hit the last two. Yeah, it seems like there's no, no, no pressure. It doesn't get to you at all. But uh, I, I want to ask you on a, com- a completely separate note. How many people have actually mentioned the Jaunty Roads of Richard Snell 7 of 1 since, uh, since last night to you? Oh, no, not too many people. I mean, it's, it's been mentioned before. <laughs> I mean, the last game, I mean, we've, we've had a few one-ballers. Uh, yeah. In the last few games, so fortunately we we were on the right side for a change. Um, but um, yeah, you know, I'm just happy we got over the line. We had a we had a big deep look at ourselves after the game. Um, you know, obviously we were happy to chase down a record score, but um, you know, we still had some some work to do and and to improve. Yeah. I think you're right though I mean you really shouldn't have been in that position in the first place uh, Mornay from yeah. Vague Sarl Arvio put you guys off to a yeah. fantastic start and I, no, I suppose I, I suppose Grant Morgan doesn't really appreciate all the uh, the, the emotional roller coaster that you guys put him through from time to time but <laughs> I, mean, shame. I think we keep keep the coach on his toes for sure yeah how, how did that mix up happen with Sarl Arvio and Mornay from Vague because that was just uh, beyond comprehension yeah, you know, these things happen. There's a bit of mis- miscommunication and, um, you know, I think Mourner had his head down and he was going so he didn't actually see Sarl 
saying no, stay with his hands. Um, so quite quite difficult, but you know it it, it was something that was unexpected. Um, we joked, we said the only way they were going to get a wicket was with a runner. So, <laughs> um, but yeah, you know those, these things happen. But you know we got to a stage where we needed 66 of 67 balls with nine wickets in hand, where we still thought we were cruising it, and then obviously the other part unfolded. So, so uh, Robbie, when you retire, it seems like you're able to put the mockers on. You, you can you can become a, a commentator because you, you've already got the commentator's curse in you, it seems, if you were joking about Ron <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll tell you what, we've, we've had a, like I said, we've had a few one-ballers go away <laughs> where we were cruising and some somewhere we weren't cruising too well and we managed to, to get it good. But, um, yeah. You know, just like again, I'm just happy we we got over the line. Well, look, I mean, uh, batting aside, you uh, you were heavily involved in the bowling as well. I mean, you took three Cobras wickets with the uh, the ball, and uh, I think it was just, uh, I suppose, in fact, you were m- most heavily involved in the first two and the last two balls of the match because in the first two balls of the match, you took uh, a very dangerous Richard Levy. You uh, you bowled him with only your second delivery. Yeah, no, look, it's always it's always good to get Richard Levy out early, especially on a wicket like that where it was. You know, there wasn't there wasn't doing too much. So if he gets in on a wicket like that, he can take apart anyone in the world. So yeah, I was happy. we were lucky to get him out early. And um yeah, look, it was a extremely hot day in Paul and um yeah, we managed to get through. Now let's uh, let's change tack just uh, just a little. I mean, there you are, thirty three years old, performing well for the Dolphins, and then you get this call up to play for the Proteas. How how significant was that that, that moment for you to, to represent your country? No, it was it was unbelievable. I mean, you know, it's something I didn't really expect um, at the age I'm at. Uh, you know, you sort of get to a stage where you say, well, obviously I haven't been in favour and haven't been looked at. And, you know, so be it. Just try my best and win games for the Dolphins. Um, and that's that's what I did. And then I got the phone call, which was, you know, every cricketer's dream. You know, you always, or any sportsman really, you want to represent your country. Um, so, yeah, it was... Certainly something that can't get taken away from me, um, and it was, it was a fantastic experience. And while you didn't get to bat, uh, your first wicket was, of course, the world's top-rated all-rounder, Shaki Balasan. Yeah, it was a fantastic catch. You know, Avi still said to me afterwards, he's like, yes, I was under so much pressure to catch <laughs> that one because it's your first one and, and a big batsman. So, you know, but I never doubted him. And, um, yeah, it's nice to have that guy in my pocket. Yeah, that was thoroughly entertaining to watch uh, the uh, the T20 internationals against uh, Bangladesh. No doubt you had a, a little bit of fun watching David Miller smash the uh, was it 101 or 50 odd balls as well in the uh, yeah. in that yeah, second game. No, look, David's uh, David's a beast on his own, and um, he gets it right. He can hit it further than anyone. Um, it was fantastic to watch. Obviously, David being a teammate of mine from from Durban from yeah. years and years. Um, so yeah, it's always nice to see David doing well. Um, hopefully, just Friday and Sunday doesn't do too well because uh, <laughs> we've got a double header against him. So hopefully he's having an off weekend. Yeah, you got uh, you got uh, the Knights in Derby tomorrow. Yeah, so so you got uh, you got an interesting uh, setup. But I mean, in terms of your your result overall, I mean the 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 win last night means you're third on the log, but you're only one point behind the Cobras and the Titans, uh, and you've got a yeah. g- game in hand. So uh, yeah, so they they play a big clash. I think they play tomorrow night. So that's a big clash for them. Um, and yeah, we've got we've got a couple of games in hand, or well, a game in hand. So that always makes it a bit easier. But um, yeah, so we, we we're quite happy where we're at. Um, even the, I mean, the one we lost was to the Lions, where we probably should have won that one as well. 
I, I wasn't, um, wasn't going to say that, yes. <laughs> well, <laughs> we, we, we had the upper hand the whole way and we just sort of let it slip a bit. Um, but, yeah, so we, we, we're quite happy where we have to. Obviously, we're always looking to improve and get better. And um, I think with the, with, the, with the new format now in terms of top four getting to playoffs, it does make it a little bit easier into getting to the playoffs. Um, so, you know, we just want to keep making sure we're improving and getting a bit better. And, yeah, keep going forward. Uh, I mean, look, as you say, the top four getting into the playoffs and uh, once you're into the the, the playoffs and uh, those knockout matches, anything can happen. But you know, having, yeah, having yeah. made the final of the Ram Slam T20, based on the, the early performances in the One Day Cup, how do you feel about your chances yeah. of winning the, the One Day Cup? Um, I definitely think we've got the team to do it. Um, you know, unfortunately, in the final, we, we just didn't rock up against probably one of the best teams probably in the world, if you yeah. put it in the domestic stage. Um, and unfortunately, you need to rock up to those games. Um, but, you know, 50 overs is a longer game, um, so you've got time to claw back if you if you sort of half asleep for a few overs. Um, so, yeah, we definitely back ourselves. Um, and like I say, we've got, a, we've got an exciting squad where, where everyone can win the match for us. Um, yeah, so we definitely back ourselves. Robbie, uh, look, to, to, to watch you batting is, is always entertaining. I, I, there are many cricket fans that have been entertained by you, particularly with the, uh, with the bat over the years. But do you regard yourself as a, as a batter who bowls or a bowler who bats or a genuine all-rounder or just somebody who loves um, every moment he spends playing cricket? Yeah, look, I'm, I'm probably more a bowler that, that bats. Um, I'd like to bat a bit more than what I do, but you know, unfortunately it, it just pans out that way. And I always find myself in, in those situations where I either win the game and look great or I lose the game and look terrible. So, you know, it's, it's something I've, I've, I've grown to accept. Um, and I quite enjoy it. I love the challenges of, of sort of doing the extraordinary to win the game. Um, and yeah, I, I quite enjoy it. Well, I tell you what, uh, the extraordinary was achieved uh, uh, once again last night. It was fantastic to watch. Thanks so much for entertaining us, and best of luck as well. The, the match is Thank coming you up. very much. Thank you. Appreciate it. All the best. SAFM Sports Wrap. SFM, South Africa's news and information leader. Let's, uh, we're going to have to uh, leave it. Lions 94 for 1 off 19.2 overs. Reza Henrik's going along really nicely, approaching his half century. Uh, they're chasing down the Warriors 306 for 6 in their momentum one day cup match at the moment. But uh, time for me to say cheers. I am out of here. That's all we've got time for tonight. But do stick around. Uh, Criselda Dudamash and Lady Muleo up after the news of the talk shop. Don't go anywhere. But from the uh, team tonight, producer Luyolum Kalipi, sound engineer Finis Ndoba, Midway Delocker. Have a lovely evening. Cheers. It's 7 o'clock.